0: Hello listeners and welcome to Cobb's Corner. I'm your host Morgan Cobbs. To my first time listeners, welcome to Cobb's Corner. And to my returning listeners, welcome back. I Hope that everyone had an amazing new year. 2023 is going to be a great year for all of us because we are going to make it a great year. I'm so excited to cover the upcoming movies and TV shows this year. One of my most anticipated movies of 2023 is Creed 3, starring Michael B. Jordan, both as the leading man and as the director. Both in front of and behind the camera. It's his directorial debut. So I'm really excited for that. In honor of the upcoming third installment in the Creed franchise, I will be reviewing all six of the Rocky films, followed by Creeds One and Two. This review series will serve as a way for all of us to either watch slash rewatch all eight of the films in preparation for Creed three. Let's go to Cops Corner. We'll be starting off this review series with our first film, which will be Rocky, which came out in the year 1976. Rocky is a story of Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, a struggling boxer living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who gets the opportunity to challenge Apollo Creed for the title of world heavyweight champion. This film parallels its male lead Sylvester Stallone's real-life struggle to get this film made, as he himself was a struggling actor at the time who had written the screenplay for this movie. Film stars Sylvester Stallone as Rocky, Talia Shire as Adrian, Burt Young as Paulie, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed, and Burgess Meredith as Mickey. As always, a huge spoiler warning is in full effect. The film opens in November of 1975 as Rocky's doing a club boxing match in his hometown hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, against Spider Rico. We see how Rocky is a down on his luck, struggling boxer who lives in a one bedroom apartment and even comes off as a bit socially awkward. He has a day job as a collector slash leg breaker for uh, this loan shark named Tony Gazzo, played by Joe Spinell. Rocky knows that what he's doing is wrong and his true passion in life is boxing. One night he goes to his local bar where he finds his friend Pauline, who is a bit of an entitled jerk who doesn't really work for what he wants and expects handouts. While at the bar, Rocky sees the world heavyweight champion Apollo Creed on television promoting what's supposed to be his bicentennial world heavyweight championship fight on January 1st, 1976. Uh, 1976 was the bicentennial year of uh, us here in the United States of America, our independence from Great Britain. Um, back in 1776, so 1976 was our bicentennial uh, year. And the fight was supposed to be with uh, another another boxer other than Rocky, but uh, they ran into some complications. We then cut to Apollo Creed as he visits Philadelphia and meets with a local boxing promoter. The plan is for the fight to take place at the Spectrum Arena in Philadelphia. The truth is that Creed has struggled to find a worthy opponent to challenge him for the heavyweight title. And as the world heavyweight champion, you have to be able to go toe to toe against whoever the best of the best is. That's how you retain your your credibility as a as a boxer, is by going up against who's next in line, like who who has the ability to possibly take that championship from you, You who's top tier. So you know Creed. A lot of his opponents, I think one of them was injured. Another one was, like, fighting in France that same weekend. And so he's struggling to actually find a contender who can actually, like, go toe-to-toe with him. Um, And the boxing promoter says that all he can say is, you know, the boxing boxing promoter, he says, like, all I can say is I'm an excellent promoter. I have promoted fights in every country in the civilized world. I cannot force these men to fight you, Apollo. And then the two of them have an idea of giving a local boxer from Philadelphia the opportunity to challenge him for the heavyweight title. You know, Apollo, he looks through a book of local prospects, and he stops at the word Italian Stallion. You see how Apollo Creed, he's not just a boxer, but he's also a very savvy businessman. Um, After looking through a few uh, local prospects, he's intrigued by the boxer named Rocky Balboa and his nickname, the Italian Stallion. And Creed refers to him as the Italian Stallion, not Italian, the Italian Stallion. Uh, Creed says how he wants to challenge the Italian Stallion for the bicentennial fight to give a local talent the opportunity to become the heavyweight champion of the world. And he says how for America's 200th birthday, uh, you know, who discovered America? The Italians, you know, Christopher Columbus, you know, there's no better way to honor the founding of America than by giving one of Christopher Columbus's potential descendants a shot at the biggest championship in the world, yada, yada. And uh, the boxing promoter says how that's a very American thing to do, to which Creed responds, no, it's very smart. One of Rocky's usual hangout spots is a local pet store where his friend Paulie's uh, sister Adrian works. She works in a pet store. Rocky has liked Adrian for a while, but he's been unable to approach her for some time given her introverted shy nature and Rocky's you know social awkwardness. Rocky trains at a boxing gym with his trainer Mickey, who has Rocky's locker replaced with a different younger prospect. As Mickey is mad at Rocky for wasting his talent all these years working for Gazo, you know, being a leg breaker for you know a two bit loan shark, and he has the potential to become a great champion. He said, "You know, I'm gonna, you know, take I'm gonna take your stuff out of your locker, and give it to somebody else who's a real contender." So, so then the two of them they have a heated argument. Rocky storms out of the gym and he. You know, just heads home. The next day, he is notified that he has been selected to be a sparring partner for the champion Apollo Creed as Creed trains to defend his heavyweight title. You know, so Rocky goes to meet with this boxing promoter under the impression that he's going to be Apollo's sparring partner. And then, you know, he's in the meeting with the promoter and he sits down. And the and the promoter tells the promoter informs Rocky that he's not going to be the sparring partner, but that he's actually going to be that he's actually going to be fighting Apollo for the heavyweight championship of the world. To which he initial to which Rocky initially says how he's not qualified. It's like I don't think I can do it. And then the promoter just kind of sits down and he asks Rocky says Rocky. Do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? Fuchs Rocky says yes. And then the promoter clarifies how Rocky will be facing off against Apollo for the heavyweight championship of the world, and he will be paid a whopping one hundred and fifty thousand dollars just to fight him. You know, win or lose, you know, he gets one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Already a huge payday, a huge upgrade to Rocky's lifestyle. Upon finding this out, Rocky has now become a bit of a local celebrity. He's getting a lot of recognition and getting you know, a- after getting tapped to challenge Apollo for the World Heavyweight title. Mickey goes to Rocky's apartment and says how he wants to not only be Rocky's trainer, but to also be his manager. Uh, Mick says how when he was a boxer in his prime, he didn't have a manager and he therefore didn't get a whole lot of recognition, even when he knocked out an opponent and how he wants Rocky to be a great boxer. In order to do that, he will need a manager. Mickey says that he doesn't want Rocky to have to go through what he did. Initially, Rocky dismisses Mickey by you know, hiding in, in his bathroom and going on this whole rant on how he never had a prime and how he needed Mickey's help a long time ago and Mick wasn't there. After a heated rant, Mickey leaves Rocky's apartment and Rocky then finally swallows his pride Goes after him and agrees to let Mickey be his trainer and his manager. We then get an amazing training sequence where we see Rocky waking up at 4 a.m. and drinking four raw eggs. Now, this was the scene. Now, I talked about this on <laughs> the episode that I did with Backlook Cinema. You know, shout out to um, Zo on yeah, uh, shout shout out to Zo on um, Backlook Cinema. Definitely check his podcast out. Dude's amazing. We talked about how. <laughs> This scene where Rocky is just drinking four raw eggs and he just like drinks it straight, you know, cook them or nothing. And then there's the eggs all dripping down his face afterwards. And I personally don't have the stomach for that. (laughs) I don't have the stomach for that. And I work out regularly. Like I'm also a gym rat outside of this podcast. Like I, you know, work out regularly. I don't have the stomach to drink no raw eggs Please, 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 guys, cook your eggs, <laughs> okay? Cook them, all right? Do not drink them raw, please. Don't, or eat them raw. Just, just, just don't, all right? This is only a movie. Rocky goes running through downtown Philadelphia, and for the first time does his iconic run up the steps of the local art museum. This film has some really iconic training sequences that I highly recommend that you guys Check them out. In a promotion for the fight, Rocky and Apollo go on a local news station to officially announce their fight. And Rocky even gets a shout out well, gives a shout out to Adrian, who is now his girlfriend. Uh, Rocky's friend, Paulie, has been asking him for his old job as a leg breaker for Gazzo, to which Rocky dismisses Paulie's request, given that he's done with that life and he doesn't want to see Paulie go down that same road that he went down. In another promotion for the fight, Paulie brings Rocky to the meatpacking factory that he works at, to which Rocky finds out that Paulie had brought the news there, uh, unbeknownst unbeknownst to Rocky. You know, Paulie just brings Rocky to his job, and Rocky did not know that there was a camera crew there or anything like that. So Rocky beats on (laughs) some dead cow carcasses on on live TV and is very, very uh, sore very sore afterwards and uh you know he points out that this is a common training technique of his so upon returning i think he goes back to adrian's house you know rocky's very sore and adrian tries to like console him and she even says like you want me to rub you down or it's like you know and then you know rocky you know he's very sore he dismisses adrian as you know, he sits down and heals from his wounds. He's like, you know, hey, come on, no fooling around, you know, there's no fooling around during training and I gotta stay strong. So yeah. that just that 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 just shows you the amount of discipline that 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 Rocky, that Rocky has. You know, that that's what mode he's on, you know. Like I'm he's so disciplined, it's like he doesn't even wanna, you know, be you know, consoled by his woman. You know, he's got that level like laser-sharp, laser-sharp, you know, discipline. No matter what, I'm going to be at my best on fight night. The night before the fight, Rocky goes to the Spectrum Arena and sees how the picture of him in the arena shows him wearing red shorts with a white stripe, which on the Backlook Cinema podcast, when we reviewed Rocky, we actually pointed out how, in actuality, Rocky would be wearing... White shorts with a red with a red stripe. Rocky points this out to the promoter, who is there, as well. To which the promoter responds that Rocky just has to fight. Well, it doesn't matter what color his shorts are. Uh, this was an actual mistake that was made. Like on Backlot Cinema, we pointed out how this was an actual mistake made by the props department during production. So I figured they just tear off the band aid and make it a part of the film, and actually address it. And actually address it and not have it be some Easter egg that, you know, some podcaster would find almost 50 years later. <clears throat> so, yeah, given that mistake, um, like I said, they just tore off the Band-Aid and then Rocky goes home later that night. And he tells Adrian how he really doesn't think that he can beat Apollo. He doesn't really think that he can knock him out. But that if he could just go the distance, then that would prove to all the bullies and haters that he had growing up. It proved to anyone that whoever looked down upon him proved all them wrong. Just going the distance would prove that he isn't just another bum from the neighborhood. Prove that he is somebody. The night of the fight comes around, and Rocky is given a really baggy robe to come out in. Again, another mistake from the props department. And it's got an advertisement for Paulie's meatpacking business on the back of it. Uh, Rocky has his trainer, Mickey, in his corner during the fight. Uh, Rocky comes out first, and he's met with countless cheers and applause from the crowd. You know, Apollo Creed enters the arena, and then Apollo Creed, who clearly had the bigger uh, wardrobe budget, he enters the arena dressed as George Washington, you know, in celebration of the 1976, you know, bicentennial of the United States. And he's throwing money into the crowd, throwing coins into the crowd. And, you know, he's this big, flashy, flamboyant presence. Once Apollo gets to the ring, he changes into an Uncle Sam outfit. As he points to Rocky and says, I want you. I want the stallion. You know, says, you know, I want you. I want you. You know, of course, parodying the, the, uh, the famous poster of Uncle Sam, the armed services recruitment, says, you know, I want you, but, you know. Creed saying, I want you, stallion. And he goes on to say how Creed in three that he will that he said he thinks he's gonna knock out Rocky in three rounds. Like Creed in three, he tells the crowd. Two of them meet in the middle, they explain the rules, they shake gloves, go back to their corners. Rocky says a prayer before the fight, reference the bell, and the fight officially begins. We see the first few rounds, and there's a lot of back and forth between who it looks like is actually winning. In some rounds, it's Apollo, and in other rounds, it's Rocky. Rocky gets knocked down a few times, and one time, his trainer Mick even tells him to stay down, stay down, since they'll be paid $150,000 even if he loses. Apollo is very uh, cocky and overconfident throughout the fight. He, you know, taunting Rocky and, you know, just talking a ton of trash (laughs) during the fight. Uh, the fight definitely lasts more than Crete than Apollo's originally original projected three rounds and he tells his trainer how it's not a fight, it's just a show. you know he's like he's telling his trainer how like you know this guy really thinks it's a fight. No, it's a show. So Apollo's trainer, uh, Duke I think is his name, he says, He says, why don't you knock this guy out so that we can all go home? And for Rocky, this fight means more to him than Apollo will ever know, right? Every time Rocky gets knocked down, he gets back up again. There's even one time in either the 14th or 15th round when both Rocky and Apollo, they're all bruised up. And I think the announcer says, you know, these two men look like they've been through a war. All bruised up, Rocky gets knocked down. And then Apollo begins to celebrate. His victory. But then Apollo turns around and Rocky is still standing. Still standing. And then the 15th and final round ends with Rocky giving it all and he's, you know, giving it all he's got. And he nearly knocks Apollo to the ground, but the fight is ended by the bell. Apollo is saved by the bell and the two of them are pulled apart and they're swarmed by the press. And then Rocky, after the fight, you know, he's just not having it there. The press is all in his face. They want him to answer all these questions. He's just calling out for Adrian. He's like, Adrian, Adrian, come on. I've had enough things in my face today. Adrian. It's like he's not even, like, interested in what the what the results are. And, you know, the announcer gets on the mic and he says, um, they've had the privilege of witnessing an exhibition of the greatest display of guts and stamina in the history of the ring And this has led to a split decision vote, eight to seven for Apollo Creed. This means that Apollo will retain his heavyweight title, even though Rocky put up a great fight and went the distance like he said that he would. Rocky's final line of the film is him embracing Adrian and telling her that he loves her. Rocky is a timeless tale of a true underdog story. Rocky Balboa goes from being a local boxer who's struggling to get by to being given a shot at the biggest title in professional boxing in his division. And whether he won or lost just the sheer fact that he was given this grand opportunity to challenge the best of the best, it's a huge upgrade to his lifestyle. Rocky trained and trained and trained harder than he has ever trained before in his life. And he went the distance against the world heavyweight champion Apollo creed his sheer drive and determination to win is an inspiration to us all when you're at the very bottom of your division when you've hit rock bottom and you have the opportunity to climb to the top you'll do anything to get there apollo was overconfident that he thought that he was just gonna knock rocky out in just three short rounds He was this kind of you know cocky businessman who was also the defending champion and he had underestimated the determination and the drive that Rocky Balboa, a nobody, had to become a somebody. He thought he was just gonna knock him out in three short rounds and he didn't. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Apollo before. So we'll see in in Rocky two. Our next film, we'll see uh, what the real impacts that this has had on Apollo. Now, this film started off the beloved Rocky franchise almost 50 years ago. You know, a franchise that's still ongoing, that they're still doing. Well, I mean, now we're in the Creed franchise, but you know, this movie it, it spurred five sequels. You know, there were six Rocky movies total. There was Rockies, you know, there was this one, and then. Rockies 2, 3, 4, 5, and then Rocky Balboa. And now the spin off franchise, you know, Creed 1, 2, and um, later this year we'll get Creed 3. After the ending of this film, we're all anxious to see where the story goes from here. But for now, on to the current nerd news. So since we last spoke, uh, a lot has happened in the nerdverse. verse. Um, 2023 has a lot of great movies coming up. Uh, I'm so excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania uh, as it hits, it hits theaters on February 17th, which is actually coming up pretty soon. Uh, this movie will be the perfect conclusion to the Ant-Man trilogy, while also being the kickoff to Phase Five of the MCU and the introduction of the new big bad of the MCU, Kang the Conqueror. We got a teaser for Kang in the season finale of Loki as He Who Remains, uh, Kang variant. I like how they're introducing us to Kang in Quantumania first, and using it as a build-up towards Avengers Secret Wars and Avengers Kang Dynasty. I'd like to see what Kang's origin story is in terms of his motivation and his conquest, um, which we may or may not see in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, They may do with Kang what they did with Thanos by giving us his official origin story in a later film, like how With Thanos, we got a teaser for Thanos in the Avengers post-credit scene, and then we saw more of him in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we finally saw him as the main villain in Avengers Infinity War, where we actually get his official origin story and learn what his motives are, and they're pretty justifiable, in in my opinion. So I'm I'm interested to see where they go with uh, Kang the Conqueror and uh, Quantumania being a sort of a progression towards Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty. So Phase 5 is actually looking pretty promising. Phase 4 was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, some movies were better than others. Um, it was, I guess, the transition from the Infinity Saga to the Multiverse Saga. But, you know, Phase 4 is in the books. Phase 5, looking ahead, it looks very promising. Um, even Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 hits theaters on May, May 5th. And it's about to be epic. All right, we're finally going to get this film after so much back and forth. And then the COVID-19 pandemic uh, happened. So this may end up being James Gunn's last Marvel movie that he directs, uh, given that he's now an executive producer at... Or, no, an, an executive at Warner Bros. Like He's one of like the, the guys who's running uh, Warner Bros. And he's got his new vision for the DC Extended Universe. So... He may just be preoccupied, be preoccupied, and he may not direct any more Marvel movies. Who knows? And he even, he's, he's even said that he has plans to bring some of the Guardians of the Galaxy cast into his new DC Extended Universe. Uh, in 2018, James Gunn was fired from Marvel over some old tweets that he made a million years ago that he actually apologized for. So he became another victim of you know cancel culture, Uh, which I do not endorse at all, ever. I think um, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to own up to it and apologize for it. Um, He was still fired. And while he was fired from Marvel, James Gunn, he got tapped by Warner Bros. to direct The Suicide Squad, which I greatly enjoyed. It came out in 2021, and I think they filmed it during COVID. like It was filmed during the pandemic. Like I remember summer 2020, they did a whole featurette it. I liked it. I liked The Suicide Squad, the the second one. I had to watch it on HBO Max twice before they pulled it, because it was in theaters and on HBO Max for 30 days. So when it was on HBO Max for those 30 days, I had to watch it twice. Phenomenal. Um, After getting tapped by DC back in 2019, Marvel finally agreed to bring back Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which had its initial release date pushed back, given the fact that the you know, these Marvel actors, they don't just do Marvel films, they do other movies, and everybody had signed on to other projects, and so they had to push back the release date, push back production, and then the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Um, So past controversies aside, I did greatly enjoy the Guardians holiday special, which revealed that Mantis is in fact Peter Quill's Um, (laughs) half-sister. I mean, it's on Disney+, Plus, so it's not really a spoiler i don't know i mean it's guardians of the galaxy holiday special check it out if you haven't already um and i've talked about it in previous episodes i'm interested to see where they go with that new piece of information and i'm also glad that we're finally going to get rocket's origin story and the fact that we do know for a fact that one of the guardians is going to die in the upcoming film i'm not entirely sure if that's going to be drax will be we, i think we, we don't know for sure who's who's dying because that's you know a spoiler. It may or may not be Drax because Dave Bautista has announced that after Guardians three that that's his last time playing uh, Drax the Destroyer. Just because he thinks that you know Drax is really just kind of a comic relief character who's really just kind of this silly side character. So he's he's done playing Drax the Destroyer after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. Maybe. Drax will be the one who dies. Who knows? But I am interested to see uh, Rocket's origin story. How was he made? Because he's mentioned it in past films and how he's not a raccoon or there's nothing in existence like him except for him. So So we got the conclusion of two trilogies. We got the Ant-Man trilogy is wrapping up this year with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And we're wrapping up the guardians of the galaxy trilogy with guardians of the galaxy volume three um i personally i i like the first one better than the second one the only problem i have with the second one is the pacing is a little bit all over the place and there's like a lot happening there's a bunch of like competing storylines in the same movie and then it all just comes together in the end Um, i think the first one was more streamlined it was a storyline that i could actually follow um So the pacing was a bit off in Volume 2, only complaint I have. Um, Excited for Volume 3, though. And they're all wearing their matching outfits straight from the comics. So, you know, can't wait to see when it hits theaters on Friday, May 5th. A few weeks back, I was on a live stream with uh, Khalil from Comic Boys, uh, Michael from Stark Wars, Uh, lee of lights camera rant and zach from the nerd dose podcast go check all those guys out (laughs) all right um we all drafted films for our fantasy movie league um which i'm not i'm not i'm not entirely sure if that live stream is available for you guys to watch or not but definitely go check out their respective uh, channels comic boys star wars lights camera rant and nerd dose check those guys out they're amazing and one of the films that I drafted uh, for the Fantasy Movie League was Cocaine Bear, which hits theaters on February 24th. Now, <laughs> apparently this film is based on a true story or inspired by true events, I guess back in the 80s, by a bear that got high on cocaine. Now I'm currently an Eagle Scout, okay? you know, yeah, I'm currently an, an Eagle Scout, and when I was a uh, Boy Scout in the Boy Scouts of America, because I'm located here in the United States. I took a merit badge called Wilderness Survival. And during this merit badge, we went over what to do if we ever encountered a bear. Um, But nowhere in the merit badge book did it go over what to do if you encounter a bear that is high on cocaine. (laughs) And um, so I hope to see this film get, like, some sort of comedy award or, like, MTV Movie Award or a Razzie something. Like, this movie just really, really actually looks like a nice comic relief film. And um, I'm actually interested to see how this movie is. I may or may not see it in theaters. Who knows? Um, The last upcoming film that I'd like to talk about um, for, for this episode will be the Super Mario Bros. movie. Now, usually when it comes to video game movies, and I was actually just talking about this with my friends earlier today, you want them to be really good. You know, with movies like, whether if it's Tomb Raider or Mortal Kombat or Resident Evil or Doom, it's like you want them to be good, especially if you're someone who has that connection to the video game franchise where you've played the games And you remember how great the video games were. It's like you want the movie to be just as good, if not better. So you want it to be really good. And then they tend to just come out bad. Like they tend to just have low ratings. Um, And those that aren't like totally trash are iconic, are movies that are just iconically bad. Like they're so bad that they're actually pretty good. You know, I mean, these are movies like uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, And the live-action Super Mario Bros. movie from 1993 with John Leguizamo. Like, those movies are iconically bad. Like, movies like The Room, like, so bad that it's great. You know, The Room is a movie that's so bad that it's great. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, eh, so bad that it's good. But then there's movies like Doom, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, Warcraft, and Uncharted, which were just plain bad. And even have low scores on Rotten Tomatoes. You guys can look this stuff up. All right. Uh, low critical scores, low audience scores <laughs> as well. Um, now, the upcoming Super Mario Bros. is animated, and maybe it's a different set of rules, a different ballgame for animated movies. And the film does look actually look promising. It might break that curse of you know video game movies just coming out bad. It's got a star-studded cast. It's got Chris Pratt um, as Mario, Jack Black as Bowser, I think. Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. It's got Charlie Day Keegan-Michael Key, just to name a few of the cast members. And it's different because it's animated and not live action. And, you know, this film hits theaters on April 7th. And I'm actually excited about it, given all the Mario Kart and Super Mario Bros that I played on the Wii as a kid. So I actually have a nostalgic connection to this, to this movie. Like, I don't have that nostalgic connection to shows like The Last of Us on HBO Max, which has gotten good reviews. Um, but I, I never played the last of us. So I mean, any, and even today, like I'm not the biggest like gamer to begin with, but super Mario bros, I want it to be great. (laughs) You know, and I, 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 I hope that I'm not disappointed. I hope that it breaks that curse. I hope that it is as great as all of us want it to be, or at the very least as good as all of us want it to be. And it does look pretty promising. So I will do my best to see it in theaters And although on Super on Super Mario Bros, I never made it to the end of the game. Like New Super Mario Bros for the Wii, I don't think I ever made it past like the second world. I mean, it's like maybe May. I want to say I only made it to like the second world. I didn't make it past that. So I mean, those are all the some of my most anticipated films of 2023. What films are you guys looking forward to in 2023? Let me know in the comments down below. And you know, be sure to tune in next week when we review Rocky II. Um, thank you guys for sticking with uh, this podcast. I know we kind of took a little bit of a break. It's been like about a month since the last time I posted. You know, I've just been really busy with. You know, I'm in my last semester of undergrad here at the University of Bridgeport, um, you know, Bridgeport, Connecticut. So I'm in my last semester of school and. I've just been really busy with like other stuff, so I have not posted weekly or even bi-weekly as I, you know, would 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 like to. But thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and sticking with us during during our uh, uploading <laughs> schedule, which has been a little inconsistent. But you know, thank you guys for rocking with me. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at future mechanical engineer and follow Cobb's Corner on Instagram and TikTok. I hope you guys enjoyed your stay here at Cops Corner. I'll talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace.